Well, many of you are aware of the fact that um, about five and a half years ago, my brother Moshe Yonah ben Rav Zevhalevi passed away from esophageal cancer. It's something we've dis- uh, we've discussed on these airwaves uh, before. And uh, I've made a commitment on a regular basis to remind people about um, getting screened, having endoscopies, looking for symptoms that could, God forbid, lead to esophageal cancer. And I was introduced to a Mark Ruttenberg. And um, again, I remind everybody, I'm not a doctor, and I am. And this is not uh, uh, this. This is you know simply for discussion. Uh, not trying to give medical advice, just trying to uh, let people know what's out there. Mark Ruttenberg is chairman and CEO of CDX Diagnostics, which is based in Suffern, New York. He is a molecular biologist, and he has additional information about screening and testing for esophageal cancer for us here at JM in the AM. Mark Ruttenberg, welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, Nachum. Let me thank you. Uh, uh, so uh, basically, uh, this is good news. Well, one, um, one, one thing before we before we get before we get to the basically, let me let me re- <laughs> let, let, let me review what I know and what I've told the audience in the past about this topic, and then you can tell us you know where we go from here, so to speak. Uh, we've uh, we've discussed on this show that people, especially those who have uh, symptoms of uh, acid reflux. Um, uh, uh, heartburn, etc. Uh, it would be it would behoove them, especially at a certain age, once you hit your 40s and 50s, to get to screened to uh, have an endoscopy to see if anything's developing. If something would develop, it would turn to what is called Barrett's. Uh, from there, it can turn to esophageal cancer. Uh, the the primary symptoms of esophageal cancer, if they are the same as they were five years ago, are smoking and drinking. Ironically enough, neither of which my brother ever. Uh, undertook. Um, uh, every time I see a smoker, by the way, Mark, and I shouldn't say every time, many times when I see young smokers, and there are a lot of them in our community, although some people might find that hard to believe at this point, I, I tell them about the last six months of my brother's life and how he suffered uh, through that period of time, uh, just hoping that they'll reconsider. And I don't tell them that he wasn't a smoker, obviously, <laughs> but I, I hope that they would reconsider what they're doing. And uh, we encourage people to get tested as regularly as possible and to speak with their doctors about the entire topic. Now, now you're telling us from CDX Diagnostics, Mark Ruttenberg, that there is what? A better, more efficient, something that's developing, that's significant in this area of detection? Yes. So first, Nachum, it's important, before we get into anything that we do, I just want to correct a couple of things. Yeah. Um, the smoking and drinking is a different kind of esophageal cancer, not the kind your brother died from. The esophageal cancer that's rising, and it's the most rapidly rising cause of cancer in the United States, is quadrupled in white American men in the last 20 years, is not related to smoking and drinking. It's related to heartburn, which well, you correct. Yeah, that's that. my point. He wasn't a smoker or drinker. No, he's not. But I use his cancer. case to try to encourage people to give up the smoking. Yeah, that, that's my point. This has to do with heartburn, and what you—if right. I can communicate just one thing—you sure. don't have to have a lot of heartburn. If you take tums once a week, and you're a male and you're over forty, go get an endoscopy. See your, get get to a gastroenterologist and get an endoscopy to rule out Barrett's esophagus. This, this, we can just leave you with that one thought. That's very important. Oh, we know people that have taken my advice on this over the airwaves, and you know have have caught things very early. Thank God. The good news, Nachum, is that this disease, the most rapidly growing cancer in the United States, esophageal adenocarcinoma, is now preventable. 
we can, this is not about cancer detection. It's not about detecting it early. It's about preventing it years before it can start. We can do that now. That wasn't true five years ago. Five years ago, six years ago, it was just becoming true. Now it is a fact. If you, if you, go to, if you get an upper endoscopy, there are two things they can do now. One thing is you have to find these precancerous cells. It was very challenging to find them before. Uh, unlike uh, if somebody gets a colonoscopy, you probably know that they're, they're looking for a polyp. The polyp is hanging down there, and the, and the gastroenterologists can see it when they do the colonoscopy. The esophagus is different. It's flat. It's not visible. You don't know where to take the biopsy. So what they do now, what they've been doing up to now, is taking little random biopsies. So let's assume for the moment that somebody has heartburn, they go get an upper endoscopy, and they have precancerous cells. Well, it's, it's not easy at all to find them because it's a little like when I was a kid, we played a game called Battleship with graph paper. We tried to guess where the other guy's submarine is. When they do these biopsies in the esophagus during an upper endoscopy, the way they used to do them, it's completely random. And they're only testing about 3% of the esophagus. So it's very possible that the patient has precancerous cells and the endoscopy won't find it. And this is one of the reasons why doctors were hesitant to say until recently that esophageal cancer is preventable. So even if you did get an upper endoscopy, they might not find what's there. That's no longer true. With Watts, which is uh, just concluded, uh, we, we've, we're, this is around the country now, and, and the Watts 3D is something that any patient can get who gets an upper endoscopy. Uh, the, it's a much larger sample, and it makes it much less likely that anything that's abnormal is going to be missed. So how, does, how, does it, how does it work? Well, basically, the way they take these, the way they normally take a biopsy is they use a little forceps. And again, it's, 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 uh, it's a tiny, it's a tiny forceps, and unfortunately, the precancer, even the cancer, is, can be even tinier. So I've had GIs tell me they feel like they work for the TSA at the airport, and they're only allowed to x-ray every 30th passenger on the plane. That's basically what they're doing today. It's random. Um, someone pointed out to me, a GI pointed out to me recently, that the odds that if that you're gonna, they're going to find, if there's something in the esophagus that's precancerous, they're going to find it, is pretty much the same as roulette. It's about a 3% chance. Um, I'm not familiar with roulette, but apparently there's one out of 38 uh, the ball, holes the ball can go into. So those aren't really good odds, and we've made that much, much more powerful. So now the way it works, nothing is that in, is that the doctor uh, will take the traditional biopsy if he sees something abnormal, which isn't usually the case. But then instead of doing these random little random biopsies, uh, what they do is they take a specially designed brush, they brush the esophagus. The cells get put on a slide. They get sent here into Suffern, New York, or to one of our other labs, and um, they get scanned by a very advanced computer system that was developed by originally from the Missile Defense Program. And it can find one abnormal cell out of 100,000 normal cells. And then the patient uh, finds out if they do or they don't have precancerous cells. And then the other major advance that happened just in the last maybe seven years it's now extremely easy to treat precancerous cells in the well, before, before we get to the treatment, the, the brush can do the entire esophagus? Well, it can. Uh, you don't normally need to test the entire esophagus. You need to test just the most... Uh, just the most uh, Vulnerable? Uh, the distal part, yeah, the cl right. part closest to the stomach. Right. Um, so one second. The, uh, and, and when you say that it's available to all, every GI now can do this or has it available to them? It's become available in the last year, uh, so it's rapidly uh, expanding right now, but there are about seven centers in New York where you can get this in New York City. 
uh, and it's uh, becoming widely available as we speak. I mean, uh, it's a major clinical trial that was just released uh, uh, two months ago that showed that this test was four times as, uh, as effective as the random biopsy, and that's created a tremendous amount of interest. Did this most of the key opinion leaders, most of the major academic centers have this available, and uh, you can get it. Uh, you know, there's a website, Watts3D4Me. So if, you've, if you're taking Tums or your heartburn or you're taking a proton pump inhibitor, Prilosec, Nexium, Protonix, Asifex, any of those things, um, go to Watts3D4Me. It's on our uh, .com, um, and you can put your name in there. Tell us where you live, and we'll give you the name of a gastroenterologist near you that now does this test. This needed FDA approval, I assume? Yes, of course. We have all of that. Mark Ruttenberg is with us. He's chairman and CEO of CDX Diagnostics. By the way, a lot of the medications you just mentioned are taken by people, not the Tums, I'm talking about the, uh, the, uh, the more serious stuff, are taken by people who have been advised to take it because of what has been found in their esophagus. To reduce yeah, of course. Well, it's because of the heartburn, and, and right. it's a powerful drug for heartburn. Um, and, you know, everyone certainly who takes those drugs should certainly have at least one, gas, one, one endoscopy with Watch3D. All right, so now the treatment. You say that, I mean, you started this conversation by saying it's preventable. Again, that would only be with this screening. I mean, right, we don't want people to, to think that there's another magical way they still have to go and do the test. No magic here. Uh, exactly. Uh, the treatment, once it's discovered. Right, so it used to be that what what happens is first of all, and by the way, e even this, even this system that you've described could still catch it too late. Obviously, right. Just, well, if you if we we catch it extremely early, we catch it you know years before it's a cancer. Before a patient has a cancer, first they get Barrett's. Okay, that's that's not a cancer. That that's a change in the lining of the esophagus, right. as you mentioned, right. that leads to cancer. But before they get before they go, they don't go from Barrett's to cancer. There are several stages of what we call dysplasia, which are precancerous cells. And you can have this for years. At first, it's low-grade dysplasia, high-grade dysplasia, and finally cancer. And what's happening is it's the number of mutations in the cells as the cells get progressively worse. If you find low-grade or high-grade dysplasia, you can now easily treat it. Um, and it used to be they had to take your esophagus out, which is a pretty morbid operation. That's no longer the case. It's now easily treatable with something called radiofrequency ablation. Uh, the gastroenterologist can treat this in the office, and it's uh, very effective. And so now it's easy to find and easy to treat. There's really no reason, Nachum, why anyone should should be dying of esophageal adenocarcinoma I mean, it sound, anymore. It sounds like they're sort of um, uh, cutting out the tumor, but I guess because it's not as pronounced as tumors in other parts of the body, it's, it's not exactly like that, right? Yeah, because as long until it becomes a tumor, until it becomes a, an actual invasive cancer, what we're talking about is the thickness of a piece of paper. Right. It's the lining of the esophagus. It's very easy to treat. They they use radiofrequency ablation. Uh, the doctor steps on a pedal, applies radiofrequency, and um, you you basically get new tissue in the esophagus. You still have to come back for surveillance. You're sort of burning. Uh, make sure it doesn't come back, but but it's a very effective treatment. Sounds like you're sort of burning out the uh, the area and just letting new skin grow there or new. Uh, that's exactly that's exactly what's happening. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, you think uh, endoscopies are ever going to be as common as colonoscopies? Because colonoscopies, it seems everybody's got on their schedule, you know, each and every year, or a little bit less often than that to to go and do. I think so. I think what's going to happen is that uh, some people are talking about the fact that every it's more common in men than women. Certainly, uh, every male that perhaps turns 50 should have at least one upper endoscopy. I think people are thinking about doing that. 
uh, that would be a screening test, uh, even if you don't have symptoms of heartburn. But certainly, if you have symptoms of heartburn, even if they're occasional, even if it's uh, just once in a while you need to take Tums to get to get back to sleep, um, certainly go to a gastroenterologist, get an upper endoscopy, ask for Watts 3D, so that if there is anything there, it'll be found. And it's one less thing to worry about in your life. And the reason, uh, what's the conjecture of why esophageal cancer is becoming so common now? So that's a very good question. Uh, we used to think that uh, it had to do with just the more heartburn. Um, you see a guy walking down, uh, walking down Wall Street with a Frankfurt in his hand, and he's on a cell phone in the other hand. You know, that's not a condition to digest your food properly. Right. Uh, heartburn, obesity, uh, people being overweight. Um, but we're not exactly sure. Uh, the, the increase in the rate doesn't seem to match the increase in obesity, so we're not exactly sure why it's rising as quickly as it is, but it's the most rapidly growing cancer in the United States, and the good news is that with Watts 3D uh, and radiofrequency ablation, it's now completely preventable. And once one is, and I don't know if this is true or not, and you might know, uh, I would assume you do, uh, once one is diagnosed with it, it, it is one of the more difficult cancers to beat, right? Right. You don't want to let this become a cancer. Uh, when, when Watts detects the disease, it's not yet a cancer. Cancer cells have around seven to eight genetic mutations. Precancerous cells have three to four. That's when we detect it. And Barrett's esophagus is even before that. So as soon as, once you detect Barrett's or these precancerous cells and you treat them, it's, you've actually preempted the cancer. It's a little like a pap smear in the sense that you're detecting it before it's a cancer. Right. And so it, it's, it's like, you know, like two cars are about to collide and you prevented the collision. Uh, once, once the collision occurs, once it's esophageal cancer, uh, particularly if it's detected by, I don't know what your brother's symptoms were, but if he was had trouble, trouble swallowing, and that's how he got his first endoscopy, those patients are very difficult to cure. No, in his case, uh, frankly, there were no symptoms. There were no symptoms until... He just wasn't. Really couldn't swallow. Well, he wasn't feeling well, and uh, at that point, you know, we discovered a day later that he had stage four cancer. Yeah, no, that, those are very difficult to treat. Uh, the survival rate of esophageal cancer is extremely low. It's about the same as the pancreas, but uh, it's completely preventable. There's no reason why anyone should get this disease. If you have any symptoms of heartburn at all, especially if you're a guy over forty, go to a gastroenterologist, ask for Watts 3D, um, and if uh, you want, if the if the doctor may, is probably familiar with it because it's in, we've, it's been featured at many national meetings, uh, many publications, but uh, GIs are just learning about it now. But there, again, there are about five or six centers in New York that are doing it today, and you should be able to get anywhere in the United States. But uh, go to the website, Watts3D for me, and give us your information, and we'll find you a doctor who can prevent this disease. Well, I... Um and by the way, you, you keep emphasizing the men, and I agree with that, obviously. It's based on the research, but there, there are men and women living on antacids. So all yes. of them, all of them should go get tested on a regular basis. And by the way, it's summer vacation for a lot of people now. I know it's not the most pleasant way to spend your summer vacation, but if you have a couple of days off, take the time to do these screening tests, including the upper endoscopy, and it could be a lifesaver, as we're describing. Mark Ruttenberg is chairman and CEO of CDX Diagnostics. He's a molecular biologist. So just one more time, I understand there's seven centers and all that, but if I go to a to my regular, you know, endoscopy doctor, right, the person I usually go to, and ask them to utilize this method, will they be capable of doing that? Will they have? They, they'll need to contact us. I mean, the demand for this test is enormous right now. I mean, we, you know, we we are just constantly training doctors. We're getting new GI practices started every single day. 
Um, we're doing thousands of these a month. We're saving lives every few hours. But again, there are 15,000 gastroenterologists in the United States. There's a lot of doctors we have to train and equip. It doesn't cost anything. I mean, I just want to make this clear. This is covered by your insurance, the same insurance that covers your endoscopy. There's no additional charge to the patient. Um, there's no charge to the doctor either. It's all basically covered by the same insurance that covers your endoscopy. The other thing I want to point out about upper endoscopy, there's no prep like there is for a colonoscopy. Right, correct. Uh, it, it's just, just can't eat that morning. It's, right. it, you know, it, and it's, it's, it's a fairly quick procedure, so there's no reason not to do this. Yeah. All right, watts3d.com, W-A-T-S, the number 3, and then D.com, and you said it's Watts. Watts 3D for me, right, if you that's want, the patient website. Watts 3D will get you there, but if for patients, it's Watts 3D for me. If you want to get information about where, uh, it, where the, the centers that do have this procedure already, Watts 3D for me. Dot com. Is it difficult to learn the procedure when you have to train thousands of GIs? Is it, is it tough for them to learn, or it's really not, easy? Not, not at all. No, we usually do the training in about a day. So once the once they know how to do an endoscopy, this is not a difficult thing for them to no, add on. Not at all. There's no equipment for them to buy. It's very quick. We provide them with the test kits, with the brushes in it. They send it back. It gets computer computer analysis and saves lives every hour. You're helping us save lives, Mark. I know it. I'm telling you, I've already heard from listeners who uh, have been saved by my messages, and this is just going to increase that, hopefully. So thank you, Yeshikov, to you for this. All right. You take care. Have a good day. Mark Ruttenberg, Chairman and CEO of CDX Diagnostics. Get those upper endoscopies, everybody. Don't, God forbid, suffer like my brother did. Um, and uh, information, watts3d4me.com. And if you are a, a uh, gastroenterologist... Uh, please look into adding this procedure, which is FDA-approved, uh, to your repertoire. It could be a real lifesaver, as described.